Welcome to the Loving Life Mindsets Podcast with me, Melissa Unger. I share science, methods, and personal stories to help women who are on a journey to have the healthiest mindsets that they can possibly have. So don't wait any longer. It is time for you to start loving your life. Hello, welcome to episode 50 on Loving Your Life Mindsets podcast with me, Melissa Unger. Yes, this is episode 50. Can you believe it? I cannot. I am so excited. I remember when I turned 50, it was a huge milestone. So for me, having this going for 50 weeks is definitely a huge milestone. What we're going to talk about today is love because it happens to be the day before Valentine's Day that I am recording this and this will air on Valentine's Day and not everybody out there has that lovey-dovey, ooey-gooey, warm, cozy mate and some of you want that and some of you don't. So we're going to talk about that. There are multiple definitions of love. Thank you for joining me today. If you like this podcast, I invite you to subscribe. And always, you can share on any of your social medias. You can also share via text, however you want, word of mouth, whatever works. But please do share and help somebody else change a mindset that they may be struggling with. Now let's get to it. In our world, we place so much emphasis on love. We often place that emphasis on the romantic love, having a partner, having somebody that we can be one with. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it does not. And it can lead you to feel bitter. It can lead you to feel just elated depending on your experience with love. The number one reason so many people go to counseling is the base factor of love in one way or another. They've been hurt by it or they've been abused by it. They've been um, misled by it and they don't know how to cope with it. But if we would not place so much emphasis on the romantic love, I think our lives would be balanced so much better. Did you realize that there are seven types of love? And only one of those is romantic. Yet that's the one, when you say love, that's the one that stands out in everybody's mind. That's the one that the commercials are made for when you get your little ring or you get your necklace. or That's what the commercials are made about. But there is so much more to love than just the romantic love. It is something we innately crave from the moment we are born. Do you realize that? From the moment we are born, they used to do these kind of horrific studies where they would give one baby tons of love and attention and another just fulfill its basic needs. And the difference in the weight gain and the difference in the personalities were astounding. So that just goes to show as humans from inside the womb, we need love. We were created to be loved and to love. This time of year, it can be really rough 
especially from Christmas on, because all the commercials, everything is about that connection of love and being around somebody that is going to just fulfill your every wish, your every want deep inside of you. Then you have the wedding season coming up, and it just seems like love is constantly on the brain in one way or another. It's an amazing emotion. There are, in fact, seven different kinds. It's interesting that all these feelings are pretty much in a nutshell with one word, love. That's what they're called. All of these different emotions. You can love a significant other until your cheeks turn pink and you can feel your heart swell in your chest. Um, If you've never had that experience, it's a beautiful experience. But it's just that rush of how somebody else is making you feel. Then... We have the love of a child. Oh man, I remember when I had my first child, I was so thankful that I was laying down in the bed because of the fact I never knew that kind of love ever in my whole entire life. And it hit me like a tidal wave. And I promise I would have been laid out flat on the floor if I was not already laying down. I did not expect it. Oh my gosh, it was so intense. And this type of love can physically hurt because that child is an extension of you. It's like your heart is walking outside of your body. There's something to be said about loving your children and how deep that goes. Uh, Sometimes you can feel sad and maybe, you know, your closest friends Um, or a family member will show up at your door with wine or flowers to try to help you feel better. They'll send you a card or get you out to do something and your heart can swell with that kind of love. And sometimes you can feel love with nobody around whatsoever. For example, when you take a bubble bath and maybe you do some little self-primping, you do some self-care, Or maybe you just sit outside in the sun and sip some coffee in the morning and you just feel like, oh, I need this time. I deserve this time. That is love as well. Now, it's interesting how one word is used to express such a broad range of emotions, but there are so many different meanings. There are, I was going back to to the Greek philosophy. It's really interesting because I first learned these through biblical studies. And the first one, the only one that's a romantic love, is eros. It's a passionate love of the body. It's passion, it's lust, it's sexual attraction. It's everything that we think of when we think of basically the TV version of love. And unsurprisingly, this type of love was named after the Greek god of love and fertility. I don't know if you knew that or not, but it's really interesting. Also, because Eros is solely a physical love, it isn't necessarily something that you want to build a relationship upon. Because that's kind of surface level, isn't it? It's that intense and sexual feeling that can be fleeting after time. When that is gone, you have to think, what else do you have? You know, if you're with somebody and that passion kind of fades away, due to age, due to just life in general. You have to decide, do you like this person? Is this somebody that you're really going to like and want to be with who intrigues you and that you intrigue 
when that first initial passion is gone. It is just one of those things that we build so much up. And I believe, you know, kind of like Christmas has turned into being so commercialized. I feel like that type of love has also been turned around to be commercialized. You see the weddings, you see the vacations, you see the commercials for, like I said earlier, the jewelry and so forth. It's just commercialized to make a profit, right? And even books. When books are written and it talks about that passionate love with those love novels and that kind of thing, makes us want that. And it makes us feel dissatisfied with what we possibly have. So we have to be really careful with how this type of love has been brought up into society and how they have molded our way of thinking about it. Now, the second type of love is philia. It's affectionate and friendly love. That is where you have a soul-to-soul bond. It's where there's love shared between friends and intimate family members, and it's characterized by loyalty and trust. That's a deeper love. That's more meaningful. It's where you encourage. It's where things are kind and affectionate, and everything makes up a true friendship. You can have that with people you are not intimately involved with. You can have that, obviously, with family members, but you should also concentrate on having that with who you are intimately involved with. It makes life a lot better. It's basically a kind of an equal love. It's shared between people who value one another. It's so much more precious. Even the Greeks thought it was more precious than the Euros love. So you really need to have that mixed in with that Euros if you're with somebody or looking for a partner. Otherwise, it's one that will just basically fulfill so much within you, having that with your friends and your contacts. Now we'll talk about the third type, storage. It's unconditional, like you would have for your family. It's an unconditional love, like we talked about with having that child. It's a strong bond. And this rightly refers to that unconditional love that we have for our children. It's that protective kinship-based love that embodies approval, sacrifice, and acceptance. No matter how that person is, you love them regardless. It is such a strong bond. It's built out of familiarity and need. It's just that unconditional love that you have for somebody regardless of what they do. Maybe you have a daughter that likes to sneak your jewelry or you have a sister that borrows your clothes. You love them anyway, even though you may be pretty irritated with them for that. That's some unconditional love. And then you have more of a universal love. The fourth kind is agape. It's selfless. That is one of a kind type of love. It's empathetic, it's selfless, and you just love others. This love includes a love for God, nature, strangers, the less fortunate. This is the type of love where you see people who are just extraordinarily good at serving. They're just service type people. They have that agape love for others, for mankind, for everybody, for nature, everything. This type of love does not depend on familiarity, but instead it has links to altruism, which is understood as an unselfish, genuine concern for the welfare of others. And I know we all know somebody who has an abundance of that type of agape love in their heart. 
I admire people like that. Without them, the world would be in ruins. You know, and in today's world, you can think of agape as a pay-it-forward sort of love. It is a true love that expects absolutely nothing in return. And in turn, who is giving out that agape love, it just makes them feel good. It's a wonderful type of love. And it is a very, very important type of love to possess or to be in contact with. Now there is the fifth type. This is ludus. It's a playful, flirtatious love. It's just kind of an easy breezy love. It's playful. It's non-committal. Ludus is basically having a crush on someone and then acting on it. It is the infatuated phase that occurs in the early stages of romance. If you've been in love before, then you know what this is about. When I think of Ludus, I think of a fling, a no-strings-attached sort of conquest. It's the type of love that creates butterflies in your stomach. It's all about having fun. So think about whatever that means for you. Flirting, dancing, teasing, seducing, all that jazz. This type of love results in relationships that are definitely on the casual side, though that doesn't mean they won't last. As long as both parties have the same mindset, Ludus relationships can thrive for years, resulting in a lightweight, undemanding, and beautifully uncomplicated sort of love, which it's always great to have fun and to be fun. Don't you agree? Now there's pragma. Number six, it's a committed, long-lasting love. Pragma is a love that is seen in so many long-term marriages and friendships. I have, besides my husband, I have a best friend who, gosh, we've been friends for over 30 years. And it's this kind of relationship. We're not in contact all the time, but yet when we do get together, it's just so easy to continue on where we left off. That is this type of a love, pragma. And I also have this with my husband. I've been married a few times and this is the first time I've ever had this kind of love with somebody. And this love, it's built on commitment, endurance, companionship, we share similar hopes for the future. We are committed to making it work. This type of love is accepting, it's everlasting, and it matures as a couple spends years and years together. It's the type of love that creates that heartache when you lose that person. It's the type that makes you feel like you cannot go on without that person. This is one of the deepest loves and it's interesting to be able to put words to it because it is in fact so deep that it makes you wonder, am I even coming close to defining it? And finally, number seven, this love is called philosia. It's self-love. This one is the most challenging for people. It's also one basis for so much counseling because people do not have that self-love for themselves based on how they were raised, possibly how people influence them, abuses, a lack of self-esteem. We have to have self-esteem. We just have to. Otherwise, we beat ourselves up and that just creates that ripple effect in a pond that is murky that does not do any good for anybody because of the fact that those ripples are basically tainted. You have to have that self-love. You have to have that confidence within you so that way you strive to make life better. And when you do that, you also create a good life for others around you. If you don't have self-love, how can you love others? You have to know what love feels like and that comes from inside. 
if you cannot love yourself, it's really hard, really hard to love others. Falashia is basically like self-compassion. It's much like we show affection and love to other people, but it's important to show that affection and love to ourselves. And of course, you have to be careful because there's a flip side. This type of love can be unhealthy when all we want to do is create self-love and we don't think of others. So everything is a balance. You have to be careful because too much self-love can breed self-obsession and self-superiority. It can create narcissism and that is so unhealthy. When you run across people that are narcissistic and arrogant and have selfish tendencies, they only think about themselves and what they want and they impose that upon others. I know I lived with somebody that did this for 10 years and I would often think, how could you only care about how you feel and what you want when there's at least five other people around you? I could never understand that. It's just, it's a disease. It's a horrible disease for people that have it and for people who have to live with someone who has it. So you have to be super careful with the self-love. There's balance. Always, always, always balance. If you find yourself really thinking about your own self before others, kind of need to take a step back and check yourself and think, oh, wait a minute, you know, before it gets out of hand. And if you have a good friend, a lot of times a good friend will tell you as well, hey, um... You never really think of too many other people besides yourself. Can you fix that? Can you balance that out a little bit for us, please? Those types of friends are golden. It's so good to know all of these different types of love and to balance them out and to have them and not put so much emphasis on the eros, on the passion, that type of love because of the fact that these others are so much more fulfilling and so much more important. They should all be holding hands together, be kind of like one should roll into another and just really fulfill your life. And if you can change your mindset to different avenues of thinking and feeling and remembering these different types, you will soon feel the fulfillment that I'm talking about. What are you placing superior as your ideal of love? Is it the euros, that romantic, passionate love? Is it the philia, where you just have that affectionate, friendly love with your spouse or with friends and family? Is it the storage, the unconditional family type of love that you would have with children? Is it agape, that selfless, universal love, that service that you just have to give to others to make the world a better place? Is it the ludus, the playful, flirtatious love, no strings attached? Or is it the pragma, that committed, long-lasting love? And finally, the philashia, that self-love. What do you place most emphasis on? And if it's one that's unhealthy, there are so many ways to get into some counseling and get that help that you might need to change it around and get that balance going. I hope that you are enjoying this episode. It's just such a good reminder to go, okay, wait, what is my idea of love? Is it healthy? Is it unhealthy? Do I need to change it up a little bit? And boy, would it be such a vacation and a relief to focus more on maybe agape love or maybe the philia love where basing more of my time and energy on those people around me that I love to be with. Whatever it is, 
I hope that this has opened your eyes a little bit to realize that the Euros love, that passion love, doesn't have to be number one and kind of open your eyes to the commercialization of it so you don't feel lacking, so you don't feel like, oh man, I'm just not complete because I can't find somebody or I've lost somebody and I'm never going to be a complete person again. That can all stem from too much of what we let society dictate to us. So again, I hope that this helps you. I hope that you have a beautiful Valentine's Day. I hope that you have a beautiful February. And again, thank you so much for your support and for tuning in. And we will talk to you next week. (laughs) Hey, wait, is it seriously legal to have this much fun? 